shit. That is, oh boy. Oh man, I keep putting uh, 3,000 Years of Longing on the back burner because I definitely want to mm-hmm. see that in theaters. But then I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm feeling more barbarian like last weekend. And then now that you uh, mentioned, per- yeah. you reminded me that Pearl is out. I I need to go see Pearl. I have time today to maybe see a movie. I'm trying to decide if yeah. Pearl is going to be it. Um, I mean, as I've thought about it a lot more after watching it, I think I think on a rewatch, my my score would go up. But three thousand years along is not necessarily the most theater needing mm. experience. Maybe okay, fair enough. I can maybe like, wait for it. It looks it yeah. like it's beautiful. It looks nice. You know, it's I like that it's him doing what he wants to do. Right. I guess after Fury Road, like you expect. Like he's gonna try to top himself, sure. And that's that's just so hard to do. Like when you right. create, well, yeah. A here's the thing: I don't, movie. I don't know. I mean, I know he is doing another one, so like, right. This this point is moot, I guess. But I, I suppose you're not always in the mood to go out to Tunisia for like what is it like seven months or something? However oh, sure. long it took to shoot it, and like actually annihilate these cars and that kind of heat and those conditions. Like it sounds insane. 65% of the movie is two people in a hotel room. Yes. Like, and I'm fine with that. I just, I I kept thinking like, oh, that third act's going to be something special. Yeah. And I don't know. I, 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 I've heard that before. I've heard mixed stuff about it. But I also am just like, I got to give George Miller the chance. And like, yeah. I do want to give him the best chance possible, which is in a the theater for exactly. me. So like, dude, yeah. I, I mean, as we'll get into with this, with this movie, I am re- reaching a real breaking point with my phone usage during movies. Just, I don't even realize I'm doing it. Just suddenly, phone is in hand, and like, you know, phone is pulled up during a movie at home, and it happens. Twenty constantly. minutes gone by. It doesn't happen exactly. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter which movie. Although some like like today's movie, it'll be more often than others. But like, Oof. it's becoming a real problem for me that I had to like change. I think um, to put it away in a lockbox. Like, you yeah, know, you can set the like. You have to lock it for two hours minimum. Oh man, I'm not even joking. Like, stuff I'm excited to watch. I realize like I've just been on my phone for like ten minutes. And I yeah. like I barely absorbed what has happened. Like it's it's real awful. So I do I want to give it. I want to see it in theater if I can. I have almost the opposite problem, and now that I'm not even watching things that I want to watch because I want to be on my phone, so I'll put on like <laughs> bullshit that I've yeah. already seen. I don't care oh, about. So I'm like, I got this list that just keeps building. I'll I'll do I've that. I got Criterion's I'll... in the package. Yeah, same here, man. Three sales ago. Yeah, same here. I saw some shrink-wrapped stuff. Um, I, I will put on something I've seen before or barely sort of want to know the gist of, you know, kind of like, I'm like, eh, whatever. And then I'll play some virtual pinball on my computer, like, <laughs> just in the background. And when you play pinball, you're pretty focused. So it just, it basically doesn't even, does not matter what's on screen behind it, you know. Like lights and buzzers all around yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. You're focused. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I did not use my phone when I watched this movie today. In fact, I watched it twice. <laughs> the second time in a full sitting. I did not pause it. Nothing happened. Nice. Because uh, we are the weekly podcast massacre. I am your dreadful host for today. My name is Michael from Portland. Everyone calls me Murphy. With me today... From godless Los Angeles, I am Greg Anderson. Beautiful. Hello. Yes. Yes. Uh, and we are wrapping up September 2. He is risen again with the 1999, the end of the millennium classic, 
End of Days. Yeah. Now, before we get into more of this movie, uh, Greg, what's something that you've been watching recently? Anything that's non-horror that you want to sure. speak out uh, about? Recently, um, I actually don't know. Do you typically, you don't typically do the letterbox film raffle, do you? I do not. I've been meaning to get into it. I I need someone to explain it to me. Oh, I don't sure. know how to get into it. Oh, yeah, it's super easy. And I think it's actually, I think t- uh, it happens again tomorrow. So I was going to do it right after this. Um, but basically, it's just like a film raffle thing on Discord in the R letterboxed Discord. And every two weeks, you get randomly impaired with a person to recommend a movie to. And a person random- randomly gets you to recommend a movie to, if that makes sense. So you're recommending mm-hmm. a movie to somebody. Somebody else is recommending a movie to you based on your watches and likes and dislikes on Letterboxd. Um, and so this last round, I got recommended uh, Lucio Fulci's Massacre Time, which is a spaghetti western starring Franco Nero and George Hilton. Okay. Um, and uh, really enjoyed that. That was a ton of fun. It's not your typical spaghetti western, which, like, it's interesting because you always think of those movies as, like, one type of movie. You know, like the epic music and the kind of maybe sometimes a slower pace with like crazy action and, you know, like explosive moments. This is like a full on just like cheap B movie made by Italians that is a Western. It's a little different than those other ones. And so like uh, it's really <laughs> a little fast different, paced. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's a really okay. fast paced. It's a Lucio Fulci movie. It's like it moves quickly. It's it's fairly like well, it's really well made but also cheap in a lot of other ways, you know, or like kind of, uh, it's not as skeevy as some of his stuff, but there's some really cool, like Western action that I'd never seen before. Very slapdash, but there's like love and care in it as well. Yeah, kind of. I think in terms of characters, you might be able to slapdash. That's that's the thing with Lucio Fulci, right? Like, he's not really going hard and like fleshing these people out. Um, But there's like... But it's him doing Western instead of horror okay yeah totally and there's some great shootouts like amazingly shot action sequences like franco nero was doing like crazy gymnastics with his two like while firing his fucking two six guns it it rules (laughs) um it does almost feel like a precursor to something like john wick in terms of like the the not no john wick's a crazy thing maybe like john woo where it's like there's crazy stunts while you're shooting guns and all that stuff like george hilton's hanging off the side of a horse firing two guns at people like it's it's, it's the hot fuzz. Have you ever jumped through the air? Fire yeah, absolutely. It is. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's the start of those yeah. types of tropes. Honestly, I think maybe. Uh, I don't know the full history. I think it goes back to like Dirty Dozen, maybe, or like um, Wild Bunch and shit like that. But this feels like a step between those and something like yeah, Hot Fuzz, what they're parodying, right? Uh, so that's a long-winded way of saying I recommend Massacre Time. <laughs> yeah, I, we talked about you haven't seen Magnificent Seven, right? And I have not. That's I, one. No, that's okay. one I'm missing. I watched Dirty Dozen recently. Because that was the one I, gave, I sent you, like, the James Coburn the, the, Right, and I love Coburn. Coburn is the it's, coolest. Yeah. And that's just such a great fucking scene where he's, mm-hmm. he says, like, three lines in the whole, yes. whole scene. That uh, is the coolest it. thing ever. Right. And yeah, yeah. so th- as I said, I'm trying to get is this feels like a, like a step between those and then more modern action. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, well, recently they were doing... they. Uh, release the three colors trilogy in 4k mm. the independent cinema by me was having them 
And uh, I had never seen it before. I was like, uh, you know, like you were saying, this would be a good in theater experience. I have to have my undivided attention to, you know, give these movies. And they were okay. I really liked uh, blue. Is, is was very interesting. Red, I liked a little bit more, but white, I think, was my favorite. And this was the order that I watched them in. Yeah. And they were uh, playing like 7.15 three nights in a row. So I just went like bam, bam, bam. Awesome. Uh, I, I, I really liked them. They are not as good as I expected them to be. Like with the, the buzz that's usually The way people talk them. about it. Yeah. Sure, sure. But I, I enjoyed it. It's definitely uh, sparse on, you know, like plot. But there's story I mean, there. Title too, right? Just colors. Yeah. Red, white, yeah. blue. Colors the French flag. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, and you know, the way I was reading them, it was saying that they're kind of anti movies. The first one's an anti tragedy, and oh. then white, which is the middle one, is an anti comedy, which I really got. Like, there's a lot of humorous things about it, but it's not. I would not say that is a comedy movie. That's cool. And then that the last one really is interesting. An, an anti-love story and that is, there is a love story kind of throughout it so you went you went but blue white red is that the order you said uh i blue red white blue but red the white. correct okay. order is blue white red yes <laughs> okay and it's weird but there's because no, at the but there's end, a like plot connection right like you can watch them in well any order. at the at the end at the beginning of white there is a connection to blue and then at the end of red there's a connection to all of them oh but it's not okay. like you it's important in timeline wise. It's just, Hey, who knows? Maybe you would have, if you had watched them in the correct order, maybe you would be like, I love that. I love them. Like maybe ties everything together. Maybe makes them better. Who knows? I fucked up. Yeah. I was going to say when you, when you said they were okay, millions of cinephiles around the world, (laughs) suddenly smelled toast. They suddenly smelled toast and their arms went numb. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're not even listening. Just the, that vibe that's sent out into the world, and they're feeling it. Um, it's like Obi Wan. They're all when listening the, when Alderaan blows up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw maybe twenty minutes of blue in a film class and fell asleep. And that is no indictment of the movie itself. I just did that all the time in college. I was like struggling to stay awake you. to watch stuff. Yes, and like, but you're in college. Your diet is shit. If you're me. You're barely getting any sleep. <laughs> the lights go down and you're fucking, you're out, you know? Yeah, that's it. Well, I figure we should start talking about this movie. Yes. I know you don't want to. That's why we're, we're introducing it. Oh, no, sentence. here's the thing. I have a ton of stuff to say about it, but at the yeah. uh, as a movie itself, I just feel like talking about individual scenes, it's going to be, one, very repetitive, and two, right. up for debate because you can't even see some of what's happening. <laughs> It is a bit dark, although I think this I think this movie doesn't look bad. I think this is kind of There are parts of the, that look kind of cool. Yeah. The beginning of that 2000s look where everything is really darkened. Yeah. Hey, what is an um, end of days but a beginning of other days, I guess. Exactly. Uh, but well, that is my there big we go. We're, we're yeah. talking end of days, 1999, <laughs> starring the governor Arnie Mr. Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Hell yeah. yeah. It was a Universal and Buena Vista picture. Yeah. Uh, I do not put any blame for this movie's medi- mediocrity slash terribleness on Arnold. I actually think that he is really going through mm. here. 
here's the thing. I, I do think Arnold is a baseline good actor. He is a good screen presence, no matter what. As much as people give him shit for acting, line readings, whatever. I think as a presence, he is almost never not entertaining. And what else do you need from an actor, you know? I guess it's depending on what you are going for. And I, yeah. I agree. He is always entertaining. I think the... So the biggest strength in the selling of this movie is Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously. I think he's the biggest hindrance of the movie as well. I think it tried... I mean, I was looking a little bit more into it. Apparently they wanted to hire Tom Cruise mm-hmm. before. Um, and so it probably would have been the same, like, over-the-top action. But I think there's a really good story in here. And because of the fact that they have Arnold Schwarzenegger, they have to make it into more of an action epic with, like, crazy stunts. Oh, and he has to have, like, his elements, too. Like, there's there's Arnoldisms yeah. in here that you just, like, beyond stuff he says, um, just, like, plot elements. We're like, well, of course you need this because it's an Arnold movie. Of course you exactly. need a scene of him, like, loading up on grenades. Like... And- <laughs> Like, had they gotten, you know, I don't think Tom Cruise would have fitted either. I think you needed Mm. a more, not, like, again, it's kind of the way that Elias Cotius, like, he's a good actor. It's not a, it's not a great role. You need someone better to sell it. I think you need, like, like, I think you need, like, the bad lieutenant from Harvey Cattell's bad lieutenant. (laughs) I was just thinking maybe (laughs) Sean Penn would would have been an interesting choice well Um, yeah i suppose it all depends on because like you're you're right your lead cat your lead role here really is going to change the tone of the movie because like with arnold there are elements to this where it does feel like he's going for a weird total recall semi-parody of action movies in this at times where it's like what is happening so goofy where it's like is this supposed to be like a take on action movies you know what i mean like when he's getting beat up by an old woman and getting, like, I mean, that was pretty great. Throw I, I, I really like that. I mean, that's that is a funny bit of it. But my yes. whole thing is when he jumps out of the helicopter and he's and hanging from the rope. Like, oh my god! <laughs> they just like it. move him along so he can pick yes. the guy up. It's incredible. Like, I don't, I don't feel that needs to be. If it's not a Schwarzenegger movie, that scene's not in there. Yeah. You just chase after the shooter. We don't have this whole. I need you to land the helicopter so I can get in it and then jump out of it. Yeah. There's just a crazy element to the tone of this movie where it does feel like parody a lot of the time. Like, yes, and yes. I I do not know if it was intentional, um, but it just makes the whole thing rather confused and weird, especially considering it's not like a serious movie otherwise. And when it's like darker scenes, um, but it is just a clash of tones. This is so much like the prophecy. We went in a great arc this September mm-hmm. or like a great pattern where it's like, Devil rides out. Yeah, it's goofy, but it's taking all that shit very seriously. You know what I mean? And then the prophecy is like, what if angels like wore tiny glasses we're and did kung fu? Yeah, yeah. like, uh, and then the wailing is a very interesting look at like faith, the and psychology and sorrow. of yes, of, yeah, of the and devil. Then, and then now we have end of days where it's like Arnold's gonna fire a grenade into Satan's face, like uh, action schlock. Yeah, you know, the 666 is actually backwards and upside down, because it was a dream. I love that. I love um, that. That's so fun. 
it's so silly. What if our lead actress just for no reason showed her tits in the middle of the movie? <laughs> just <laughs> that was another thing. Like I, I don't mind that, but it is really like look, out of look, nowhere. I am and uh, look, I, yeah, it's kill. And I'm I don't sorry, think Robin we've already gone off the rails with that kill here. But yes, kill is and, not look, that good. She's fine. She just given. She's not really getting much to do except for like scream, I guess. But just, I'm not complaining about that scene in the middle of the movie with her. But also, what is it doing there? It's so crazy. Um, Selling. You got to make it R. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like yeah. it's a par- it's a parody of these kinds of movies, but like they have w- weird moments of nudity and sexuality and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's very odd. Yeah. Yeah, Kill's gonna be sad. She missed it because there is a like modern shunting in this movie. that's true it yeah. is digital but there is new age shunting that's a, that's the we thing i was thinking of just like if we had made kill watch this i i do think she would have been okay with those elements but she would have hated this like there's yeah. no way oh of course <laughs> uh well this was directed by peter himes i believe that's how you pronounce it yeah uh he's done some things that you know are pretty well known he did capricorn one Mm-hmm. Uh, which I love back in the day. Uh, 2010, The Year We Make Contact, I believe, is the subtitle of that one. Yes. Time Cop. The Relic. Time Cop, baby. A, a Sound of Sudden Thunder. Death. He did Sudden yeah. Death, which I, I don't know, have Oof. you seen Sudden Death? I have not, no. I think it's so much better than Time, time Cop is pretty, it's fine. Okay. It's got some ridic- ridiculous fun elements, but like Sudden Death is one of JCVD's more entertaining movies. Uh, that is a also a those. parody of action movies. That's okay. the thing. Hyams is a weird guy. He's a studio guy, like, through and through. I don't know if you listen to it, or if other people listening have not heard it yet, but uh, Quentin Tarantino's new podcast with uh, Peter Avery. They recently no, did an I'm episode not. about The Relic. Um, or it's uh, They talk about three movies every episode. They're blowing us out of the water with their work ethic there. Um, but uh, they talked about The Relic, and they both really liked it. And Tarantino, of course, has all sorts, and Paul Avery too, who's like a screenwriter and producer, I believe. Like, uh, they have a lot of insight into these people, and they they speak very nicely of uh, Peter Hyams. Like, they're both fans. Okay. Of him. And like the fact that like at this time, a studio would just say every quarter or every year or whatever, oh, we're gonna put out a few horror movies, right, or a few genre movies. Who's on the short list? Yes, and yeah. we're gonna actually throw some decent budgets at them. And Haim seemed like a guy who could handle these budgets and deliver a movie that worked and made money, you know? like Well, uh, apparently... Uh, he seems kind of cool that way. Like, I really were, do respect that ability. I'd, I'd be interested to look into more of his movies. I was about to yeah. say, I there's a lot of those 80s action movies I've never seen. I really mm-hmm. should go back. Like, I've never seen Commando. Oh, Commando's um, a weird blind spot for me, too. Yeah. There's, That's one uh, I've, I've been really been slacking on watching that. I can I'm look I can imagine the cover in my mind side like Cobra I think oh is Cobra's the oh, one oh buddy hey look I I don't want to Cobra's fantastic I love Cobra I do think I could fit it into this podcast someday um, okay interesting I do think I do think you could make an argument for it being horror adjacent uh, Cobra's fan Cobra's so good though uh, okay but there were two directors that were offered this before. Yeah, Hyams. We had Sam Raimi and Guillermo del Toro. Both probably would have done a bit better job. Again, yeah. like I think it's it's a fine looking directed movie. It's very bare bones and basic. There's think, not a I lot think, of yeah. frills. I think why they turn it down 
I think Sam Raimi is a closer bet there. But this movie is too unsympathetic to Satan for Del Toro. Like, he loves the monsters <laughs> always. Sure. And he's just like, no, I can't, I cannot make the Satan the bad guy here. You know, just like, I love Satan. He's well, the good I, guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, they probably would have given, like, Burn a, a more. Yeah. Maybe not sympathetic, but more charming aspect to him. He's not really yeah. that charming in this. He's kind no, of. No, not a, at all. Weird. He's just a sleazebag through and through. Which, yeah. Honestly, I did have fun with him as, I, I as like Satan. It. I like it. Yeah, yeah uh, I do like it. There was a third person, though, also offered this, I don't know if you saw, but um, apparently he was attached at some point, but Marcus Nispel, who is a German director who would go on to direct the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and okay. uh, Friday the 13th, as well as Conan the Barbarian. He became a big okay. remake guy. Um, and I like Texas. I like both Texas Chainsaw and Friday the 13th, so I think he's an interesting dude. Um, but apparently that he... Uh, he quit not because of creative differences, but because of embarrassment when a 64-page manifesto of his onset demands was leaked to the press. Mm. Yeah. Um, Do you know what was in this manifesto? I no, I, I had no idea. I should have done some more research into what it could have been. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if I'm it's sure like, it you know, like, the green M&Ms it, or Skittles. I was going like to use the same example. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> But it is interesting that like they they weirdly turn to a lot of foreign talent for this. Like at first, it seems like Marcus Espel, who's German, uh, Arnold, who's Austrian German, Udo Kier, who is, I was about like, to say, I love is Udo. German, yeah, uh, um, and uh, Rod Steiger, the guy that plays Father Kovac, is Austrian yeah. German apparently as well. Okay, like, I did not know that. I mean, he does not have any sort of accent. No, I, and there's the rumor that like Arnold beefs his up too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like for movies and for like like public appearances um but no he seems to yeah he seems to mostly have eliminated it i like him a lot he's he's like a chameleon weirdly because like i looked into his imdb i'm like oh he's the general in mars attacks like that is a completely different energy and like voice register Mm -hmm. (laughs) and look for him like yeah yeah he's he's cool i really like him actually i actually thought he was pretty good in this all his all the best scenes of this movie are like him just been like, yeah, well, of course, you know, the stars aligned and yes, you were born and you're the Antichrist. And if you get made, he just like runs through it so fast and so like matter of factly. He's he's like so indignant about having to yeah. explain it to you. And he's just like, OK, fine. Like, of course, you really want to know why priests are right. breaking into your apartment to attack you and stab you in the heart. I'll guess you should know. All right. Uh, the writer of this movie was Andrew Malone, who's also known for Air Force One. And Hollow mm-hmm. Man, you know, two, <laughs> two classics. Uh, running through some of the cast real quick. We have Arnie as Jericho, a real on-the-nose name. Like, they... Jericho Kane, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Gabriel Byrne plays the man, but the Satan. Uh, we have Robin Tooney as Christine York, another just like, ugh. Uh, weird name because yeah. the, like, they get into it later Christ in New York one of the funnier just, moments in the movie is him deducing that yes uh, it's it's so bizarre and it's like what is uh, Kevin Pollock as his uh, friend it yeah. says on IM, or not IMDb Wikipedia his name is Chicago but it's like Barry or they call him Bobby yeah Bobby that's I what guess his name is, is yeah. Robert Chicago Bobby Chicago <laughs> But yeah, which is IMDb a great name. Credits to my Chicago, which I don't. Yeah, I don't. Remember, I just don't remember ever hearing that ever. Yeah, 
there's Udo Kier as the head priest of the Satanist. Yeah. Uh, Robert Seeger as Father Kovac. We have Mark Margulis as the Pope. He's known, like, he's in so many things. Oh, he's yeah. one of the most recognizable faces. Absolutely. Uh, not Tuco in Breaking Bad, uh, but Hector. like Tuco's... Hector, Hector. Hector Salamanca, yeah. Yeah. He was forever like gonna be or whatever. Forever gonna be one of the one of the goats for that for sure. Yeah, fucking amazing. Ding, dinging yeah. that bell. Just yeah, he's one of those. He's, yeah. he's awesome. I feel like everyone uh, watched Breaking Bad and like saw him in that and were like, "Holy shit!" Blown away. And now, anytime anybody notices he's in anything, they're like, "Hector, hell yeah!" Like it's yeah. it's so exciting to see him. Which, yeah. It's funny because he's also in a wheelchair in this movie. Yes. which it would have been funny if he also had a little a little bell as he's like get, calling the Cardinals. Did you get weird major like Mulholland Drive vibes from one of his appearances? You know, he's now that just like this mysterious it. dark figure in a chair that like everyone's like coming up and like whispering in his ear, like the devil is in New York. <laughs> you say he's a like, dark figure, but he is in like he's the Pope. robes. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. This movie does not have the best view of priests or depiction of priests, though. So I'll give it that credit. No, I'll give it the credit of portraying priests as like you know what I mean, like awful people. <laughs> That's it's weirdly on the nose with that or on the uh, on the mark. I was going yes. to say. Two other last ones. We have uh, CCH Pounder as Detective Francis, and then Miriam Margulies. Margulies? I think also, I, I would all say Margolis, like Mark. Margolis. Yeah. That's probably it. Yes. Uh, as as Mabel, the Robin Tooney's stepmother. Yeah. Uh, have you heard? Maybe we'll get into it later, but have you heard? Oh, uh, I, I was reading recent... about this that apparently yes. uh, Arnold was not the most professional on the set and that she complained about his behavior and how he would fart in her face yeah i if i remember correctly i think arnold basically confirmed it too like Mm. didn't really deny it that it was just something he would do to people as a joke does not surprise me (laughs) yeah check this out is it (laughs) is it like uh the rock like he got beaten like beaten up by this woman in like a fight scene maybe and so he's just gonna take it out on her exactly yeah although no, he does put her she, face through yeah. like a glass table t- <laughs> and then robin tooney screams no this is so ridiculous I, this movie man okay i should so, love this i should love this oh. I, I again if i think the detriment is arnold yeah, and it it keeps coming back to like I like a lot of the pieces. I, Robin Tooney's not very great, but almost every other actor is pretty phenomenal. So we have um, a priest taking out a bunch of scrolls and fancy things. Turns out a girl is being born somewhere in the world, who then the devil is going to try to fuck in twenty years. The Pope is hey. like, "Hey, go find the girl." You know uh, what? There's a conversation about good on good on the real quick. Good on the devil for waiting twenty years. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're the ultimate <laughs> evil, if you're the ultimate evil, but you still have the the good sense to wait until <laughs> age of consent, yeah, <laughs> until well, until past. Actually, give it a couple years after age of consent. Yeah. to really let it like you know, really let everybody know, uh-huh. like it's okay, yeah. I I am surprised it's not like oh sixteen we got to get this going <laughs> right. <Ooh. laughs> there's there's debate about whether they should just kill this person and not allow the devil to fuck them and then create it is to just create the antichrist 
usher in the new, the end of days. That's the prophecy. Well, that's the thing. Is it create the Antichrist? Because they just say that it'll unlock the gates of hell. I think it just sounds like the sex itself is the thing. Right. Because I mean, I uh, like that if if when you know sex is used as a, a weapon or a tool. Right. Because like that, and this isn't the part say, of a, a magical right. You know, maybe it would pull like a um, like a Cedar Chucky situation with like you know where voodoo births are just faster. Maybe it would be like the they would be because they be. talk about they talk about this so immediately of like we have yeah. to stop this now. It's going to be now, but it's like well, if it's birthing Antichrist, then you have to wait till they grow up. There's a lot more time for air, you know, for like <laughs> stopping it there. But it sounds like it's just going to be immediate. So I think it's just as soon as. He as he shoots his load. as he as he finishes yeah see <laughs> see I'm trying to keep this classy uh, uh, so we we have a person giving birth they're they steal the baby this is uh, Miriam Margulies takes it to the basement where Udo Kier is there they perform a ritualistic ceremony uh, taking a snake and cutting it open getting a little bit of the snake blood in the little baby's mouth I like this uh, this is they, nice and creepy. Yeah, uh, I mean, Udu's got one of those faces that it is just perfect for this role, and it is great that it fucking gets punched out as well. I love <laughs> that. It's so quick and great. Um, then we jump 20 years to December 28th, 1999, and there is not a lot of Christmas like in this movie. No. You would think with like it, a few days after Christmas... Right before New Year's, there's like a tree at one point. You don't see really anything else. There is a little. There's a little bit when I feel like there's a shot of him walking around the city when the, the radio's playing or something. You're hearing the radio, maybe narration. some lights, yeah. And then you see some lights and decorations, and I was like, I because I had that thought too. I'm like, oh yeah, this is like right after Christmas Day. Like <laughs> this is within like the five day days. span. Yeah. Uh, so we have Satan breaking out. As, as a couple city workers or in the sewers. I wanted to get your opinion. I think the invisible devil is not the worst effect. No. It's not, it's alright. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. It feels otherworldly and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like I like it's, you know, going through New York. We get the POV camera shot of it kind of going so you don't have to use it as much. And then right. we are introduced to Gabriel Byrne, the man who some business dinner he goes to the shitter and then this is his weakest moment of being taken over yeah uh but it is better than the other taken over moment we have later on in the movie um he comes out of the shitter possessed by the devil (laughs) and goes and kisses his business associate's wife and just grabs her tit like right in the dress it's insane yeah then like the guy's like hey what what and he just kind of looks at him and the guy's like oh okay all right i'm sorry so sinister he's just like oh do what you want uh i like how you know he fixes her dress and then walks out of the restaurant and a huge explosion happens amazing great looking explosion and it is cool to see burn just walk out of the flames like nothing Mm -hmm. and look this is what I wanted from the Angels and the Prophecy. That level of yeah. like, ooh, that's spooky. I'm undestructible. Right, exactly. There's something to them. And I, I think I realized, listening back to our Prophecy episode, uh, sorry to go back to the Prophecy, but it seems to me like the the reason that 
Elias Codius is able to beat an angel of death with no, with like a, you know, a, whatever it was, a tire iron, uh, is because these people, they talk about him using his lack of faith. I think his lack of faith is what allows him to just see them as humans mm. and defeat them as such. That is not communicated very well, but I was just thinking if I'm giving the movie any credit as to what's going on there. Um, maybe, maybe. Anyway, anyway, I didn't. I don't. We don't need to relitigate yeah. the prophecy right now. Uh, so we get introduced to Arnie. It's like almost fifteen minutes into the movie. By this point, yeah, he is suicidal. Literally, the first thing we see of him is the gun to his forehead. Yeah, yeah. putting a gun, put, making sure there's a bullet, putting the gun to his forehead. We have Kevin Pollock come in. I love that Kevin Pollock got a paycheck. I'm a big fan yes. of his. He is. He's good as the wisecracking friend. Yeah. I don't Reminds know if me a lot physically of, um, he matches no. the role. Yeah, He's not doing too much action stuff. There are some sure. moments him like putting his back up against the door with a gun. And I'm like, he's it like is like weird to see Kevin Paul like do that. Yeah. Yeah, for uh, the most part. I mean this in a in a very good way, but he was giving me Major Murph vibes during this movie, actually. Just sometimes, you know? All right. Uh, but I'll yeah, I generally, I, I generally liked him, too. And I think it was actually a nice... They're trying to get back to the pairing of, like, Tom Arnold and Schwarzenegger in uh, sure. True Lies. Sure. Like, you get a more comedic actor, not necessarily in a comedic role, you know? But I think I think Arnold just likes comedians, and these he likes these guys. So, like, I think he just is like, yeah, make, my, make he, him funny. He's able know? to like, play off them. Yeah. I'm sure he enjoys, like, hanging out with them. Like, oh, totally. Between yeah. takes and everything. Yeah. Uh, so, they are private security. I don't even remember the name of the company. But they are uh, charged. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be protecting a... What uh, Wall Street guy. Oh, we got to go. Wall Street douchebag is what they say. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's some coffee. And so Schwarzenegger, as he says, the breakfast is the most important meal of the day, puts coffee, <laughs> some Pepto-Bismol, uh, last night's beer, two half-eaten cartons of Chinese food. There's a piece of pizza that was on the floor. He From the floor, floor pizza. Yeah. Murph, floor it pizza. makes me so happy you noted every single ingredient, too, because it's oh, also of what course. I did. Yes. Yeah, because I, I wanted to recreate this for our smoothie mm-hmm. at the end yeah. of this episode. Whenever we do a uh, live show, we'll, ser- we'll serve this at the bar. Yeah. 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 The Arnie special. <laughs> uh, and starts drinking it. I don't know if you, I took me, I didn't even notice this the second viewing. My girlfriend pointed out the Twin Towers are in the background oh. of the shot as he's in his kitchen. Truly, this is an end of days. Yeah. Man. Uh, so he, you know, takes that down. They they go and they're protecting the the Wall Street douchebag. Some guy takes a shot at him, but Arnie gets in the way. Kevin Pollock's like, okay, oh no, please tell me you, you remembered. And so he's now, he's wearing the, the bulletproof vest. Yeah. Kevin Pollock then calls him a pussy. Yes. For being knocked out from By getting shot. From like a yeah. high velocity rifle, yeah. Uh, also, rifle, too, we yeah. establish we establish on the car, so we first see him put in like hiding guns up his sleeves too. Um, I miss really, that because yeah. that does come back later. It is it is, very... but it's like how many times in a job does he have to like? First of all, how often are they getting like? I don't know. Just his job, the fact that it, it's really weird, it's really bizarre to me. Like, are there 
constantly like assassination attempts going on in New York City that you would like need a security firm to exist like this and be so heavily armed. It's yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And this is really yeah. the only work we see him do. Like he kind of just goes off and does his own thing. He yeah, goes to the hear, office at some point. We hear you guys. The, the boss. Yeah, his boss is like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "My job." And it's like, like yeah, we're wait, not. We're, I, you're an investigators too. Like you're a private detective. That's the I, other no, thing. That's is not that like how it works? Yeah, I. This also has some weird noir elements, like it sure, to, to it as well. Sure, you know, with like um, just the fact that he's like this depressed drunk who has this tragic backstory and like you know is one's a cop but is now in the private sector like it feels like an old philip marlowe story uh we also this is just like this is all parody stuff though how like cliche of a depressed cop he is like that yes. whole milkshake thing i think you see that in like a million you see there's a I'm not to spoil it in cobra but there's a weird food scene like that in cobra too like sure. it, it is just a thing that has been around, and I don't know where that started. Of like, our uh, main hero has to eat like shit and like be I'm disgusting. Trying, and I'm but trying also to remember, <laughs> there was one recently. I don't think it was Jaws. It was some, one of the older movies I watched recently. But like, they uh, take their like scotch and then they just pour in the Pepto Bismol. Oh and, yeah, like, mix wait, it I feel like we... it that way. Uh, was that first prophecy? reformed right first reformed does it no there was a movie we we did talk about this so this movie right i feel I like remember. we covered it <laughs> I, it's yeah it, it's i watched it somewhat recently and noted yeah it, but, me too uh, me so too this is where we get the bug nut scene of the helicopter the shooter runs away helicopter lands arnold gets on it and the guys go into the roof he jumps out of the helicopter is dangling on the rope gets <laughs> scoot it over to pick up the guy they fall <laughs> to the ground they run into the subway like that this is like five minutes and it's just stupid action schlock it's yeah not fun really um, uh the they're in the subway okay. yeah the, the, the best part is the best the best image is arnold swinging for sure. the rope. it's 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 really funny uh, the shooter starts screaming about the thousand years has ended something like he has come blah 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 or he's like gets tired of it and just shoots him in the legs, and that's when we get all the the, the cops come in. CCH Pounder's there. Uh, they question him because he's like, "Have you been drinking today?" Well, what do you mean? Well, you're saying this guy said things. He doesn't have a tongue. Bum bum bum. I like this. I think this is actually like a really interesting, like religious yeah. point of it. If, like it's not explained, but it's something otherworldly, supernatural. Once again, uh, Christianity comes off feeling like a cool D and D campaign <laughs> in this movie. Um, I yeah, I like yeah. some of that stuff. I like some of the weirdness, like it's just like, oh, he speaks without a tongue. Um, you know, there's like a weird way to translate like the fucking. There's like technology to translate the ramblings of a prophet. Um, <laughs> some of this stuff is pretty fun uh, so yeah this is where we get the investigation stuff they found uh what was that match matchbook they go to the bar they find his the shittiest apartment in new york really like i i i love kevin kevin pollock's quip is like oh it's probably rent controlled yes and this is i think one of the hardest scenes to see mm-hmm. uh we find the the jar with his tongue in it turns out he did it himself there's also in his fridge 
another jar that has a picture in it. Yeah, of, also of a, Christine York, Robin Tooney's character. Of course, character. a cat jumps out as they open the fridge too. <laughs> yeah, uh, which that started with Alien, right? Alien was the first one to do that, I think, and then like it just became I feel like it movie standard from their own end. And then Kevin Pollock's like even saying like I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. I it. like that Did line. This... See, it's a parody. It's a weird meta thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's strange. Arnold Arnold likes to work meta. I'm I'm realizing yeah. right now because like Total Recall is that way, um, and of course like Last Action Hero. Uh, I, I feel like the there's others. Yeah, Six Day is kind of a little bit. I would say right, which that was his one after this, right? That was kind of his last. Movie I, that's before. what I was gonna say. We should look up like his his run because I feel like this is when he was he wasn't doing very great. No, he's he's on the he's on the downward slide. Like I don't think he ever gets back after T two. Everything there is a down, you know, downhill slope. Of course, for him. Um, but you're right. So let's see. He does like yeah. Well, True Lies is the only other one that comes close. Which so came Eraser right, you know, and yeah. Jingle All the Way in '96. Batman and yes. Robin '97. And then I think this was the follow-up to Batman and Robin. And then, yes, yeah. six days immediately after in 2000, Collateral Damage. Oh, that's another mm. real shitty one. 2002. Right. Terminator 3. And then I think after Terminator 3, he's governor, I believe. I think that's when he starts. Yeah, he retires. Uh, he does a few things. Like, he does an appearance in The Rundown. Oh, man. I and the, Around the, the World in 80 Days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then it seems more, yeah, like little bit parts, cameos, and then political career. Yeah. And now the odd, the odd, uh, term, you know, Terminator sequel now and then <laughs> is what he's doing nowadays. And, uh, yeah, and, let's uh, see, like he did Maggie, he did that. Killing Gunther, uh, which I yeah. kind of thought looked like a funny idea, but I just from the trailer, I was like, this isn't going to deliver, I think, as a movie, probably. The cops bust into the shitty apartment. They all point guns at each other. That's a fun little scene. We find out that his name is uh, Thomas Aquinas, which is an actual like religious theologian scholar from back in the day. Uh, he was part of some church. He started having visions, and then he left. Uh, we get Christine York. She's mourning her mother at the cemetery. We have her on the subway. And this is another one thing I wanted to ask you about. Now, I think this has some of the worst CGI and some of the, like, best CGI for the time. Uh-huh. The guy who confronts her on the subway, who's real creepy, he's like, oh, he's coming for you, he's gonna fuck you. When he crumbles, it is one of the worst effects I've ever seen in my entire life. It's not good. But when his head... He's on the ground talking and like there's a crack and smash in it. I think that looked really good. Could not agree more on both points. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Totally. It was um, it was stunning how how like much of a, a valley between those effects. Yeah, that's just how it is in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have some of the worst and some really weirdly impressive stuff at times. Like uh it is interesting. I just think that like Back then, when you have CG is so new, and you're still learning what you can and can't do, you know what I mean? And, like, you get the dichotomy right right there of, like, right. seeing a person crumble like that, I don't know. that It's just, like, yeah, you're right. I, I don't have too much to say beyond that, I guess. 
we get Arnie mourning his family. Uh, as my girlfriend said, crying Arnie is really funny. Always. Yes. <laughs> uh, turns out Christine has lots of money. The nurse from the beginning, which is uh, Margulies and Udo Kier are her like support system. Arnie goes to the church to try to find out information about the priest, Thomas Aquinas. That's where he meets Father Kovacs, and we get a lot of the like back and forth between them, which are, are probably the best scenes. I like when he, Kovacs is asking him if he believes in God, and he says something to the fact of, like, uh, I did... Uh, God, what, how does he put it? Like, I... I thought my wife and child should live. He disagreed. Yes. And they they had like six different ways of saying that about like, oh, but he took them from you. He did this. Yeah. He decided this. Like, yeah. He gets told to leave. And then Kovacs like goes through a door and Arnie just follows him. They go to the basement where it's like <laughs> scholars on computers with like big religious books. And then someone in the center like being possessed. Uh, stigmata type thing. That was one thing I was thinking. I feel, uh, what's her name from Stigmata? Patricia Arquette would have been so much better as the Christine York character. I could see that, yeah. I, I think it's a thankless role for anyone who gets it, really. They're, they are just a plot point. They don't, like, they, they, they do a little bit of, like, character work when they talk about, like, when she's like, I've been having this dream my entire life. And part of me wants I've it. Been, I've like, been making love to him my entire life. Yes. That's the line. Um, which, hey, maybe then the devil didn't wait as long as we, as he should have. But, yeah, uh, maybe. If it's entire life. But, like, uh, I do think there's a little bit of character work in that of, like, maybe I want this to happen. And maybe it, it is my destiny and I do have to, like, give into it. But they don't ever really flesh her out enough. I think any actress, and apparently they considered a million different actresses for this and offered it to several other people, like um, Jennifer Connelly and yeah. uh, Liv Tyler. And I Probably think uh, yeah. there was one more, too. I, f- I feel like that was like a really big name. Uh, but it's like, of course, they're not uh, taking Kate this. Kate Winslet. You're... Kate yeah. Winslet, yeah. Well, it's like, of course, they're not taking this. Like, it's a really shitty role. <laughs> Can you imagine? You have, if, to, do, like, you right have after... to do really random, needless nudity. Like for, yeah, you know, right just, after yeah. Titanic, Kate Winslet's like, "What? What do I do yeah. now?" Well, apparently, <laughs> James Cameron was like, "He's one of the recommended this film. Yeah, yeah. So th- maybe that's why Winslet was in talks. You know, maybe that's true. And uh, I was thinking, about, I was thinking of who was in Junior, but that was Emma Thompson, not Winslet. Yeah. Mm. The there is a scene where the man goes to Udo Kier as he's having dinner with his wife and, and daughter, uh, which leads to <laughs> the devil having sex with his wife and daughter. Having a three way. This is where we having first get nudity. Having an incestuous yeah. three way that then leads to shunting. Mm-hmm. It's so bizarre. Yeah, but we then see, it, we see his weird webbed hand and stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then it turns into Christine's dream. So I'm. I'm believing it did happen. He's just psychically yeah. giving her Broad- the He's like broadcasting it like, hey, this could be you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel like that's 90% of her characters waking up screaming from dreams. Yes. yes. And I, I really hate something. I, I hate to be this, but she has a very grating scream. Like, yes. it's just it's just unfortunate. Yeah. 
You needed John Travolta from Blowout to go out and like <laughs> investigate with the big microphone. Yeah. <laughs> investigate a political conspiracy to get the perfect scream. Yes. Um. Uh, I uh, I rewound like four times when she screamed no after Arnie puts like Mabel through the glass table <laughs> because it's so bad. No. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the this is when the man then goes to Thomas Aquinas, who is in the hospital, uh, tells him, you know, you see the future. Do you know what I'm going to do to you? Who then carves Latin and English into his chest. Yeah. And then crucifies him to the ceiling. Uh, Arnie and the cops come in. They find him. I really hate how the doctor is like, oh, this is in Latin. And he goes, I think this is in English and starts reading the whole really, messages written on really it. really funny moment and really funny uh, Arnold acting, though, when they, they, they're they like, maybe he did it to himself. And it's like, you fucking idiot. How would he put the last one in? <laughs> How did he like, put the yeah. last couple in? It's like, wait, Arnold is the smartest person in the room here? <laughs> like, who the fuck well, is making so that? I think yeah. that cop was the one that Byrne had oh. come in and, like, had oh my whispered, God. Yes. like, I was going to bring it up to work for. Right. Not, the, not only so, that, not only before, before they remember who you work for, it was like, hey, I know, what you did with, I know what you did with those kids. Yeah, <laughs> I can smell what you did to those boys. Something like that. Yeah. Look, okay, see, the, the, things, when... the things this movie gets right. The depiction of the, of the NYPD. <laughs> of course. And the depiction yeah. of the, the, the fucking, you know, the depths the, the, the priest, Catholic yeah, church the Catholic will church. sink to. Yes, exactly. The, the Thomas, like, wakes up. And then that's when this cop, like, shoots him in the head. Because he grabs a needle and is, like, about to swing it. Uh, just yeah. automatically plugs him right in the head. <laughs> Ridiculous. This movie's so stupid. I really should I should love this. I want to say, too, a couple things. Um, when uh, two things kind of related to the radio, actually. First of all is when, I think it's the scene where I noticed the Christmas part. Uh, Arnold's kind of walking around the city. And, or and it was Gabriel Byrne walking around the city. And he's seeing, like, satanic, like... Um, like symbols graffitied everywhere. And the radio has been like, you know, lots of random acts of violence in the city. We're contributing them to satanic cults. And it's like, well, okay. I don't know how they mentioned the explosion from the restaurant. And they're like, we still have no idea why that explosion. Weird weird thing, an explosion, random explosion in New York. And we just can't figure it out. Yeah. And then also Rob Zombie, super beast is heard playing over the radio as well. This is 1999. This is the same year that Dracula was in the matrix. And Idle Hands. Idle Hands. Rob Zombie was fucking feasting these days, man. He was on the top. Like, there's no wonder he has this devoted fan base that will watch and praise all of his shitty movies. Like He was the one he saying, was so I'm king of the world. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. If we're keeping track of Rob Zombie's career in 99, as we seem to be inadvertently. Well, that's what this podcast was really designed around. We've just taken uh, a long way to get there. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a really fun scene where Gabriel Burns like walking down the street and a skateboard kid like knocks over. <laughs> and his, his shirt says Satan rules. And the, Gabriel Burns like, I love your shirt. And then the kid's like, fuck you, old man. It's just so randomly, like, hostile. And then that's when uh, he starts skateboarding into the street and Gabriel Byrne just goes, hey, kid, to make him turn around before he gets destroyed yeah, he, by he a He whispers, bus. hey, kid, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
And then when he gets hit, Gabriel Byrne's reaction is so good. He's like, ooh, nice shirt. He walks away. <laughs> he goes and meets Udo, Udo at the, the lair. Udo? Udo. Udo, yeah. Udo Kier. I feel like if I don't say the whole thing, I say it wrong. <laughs> uh, that One of the things carved in Thomas's uh, chest was Christ. They think it's Christ in New York. And then this is when Arnold, like automatically solves this like well maybe it's christine in new york maybe it's christine york we uh, should look and see if there's any christine yorks in the city get some great 90s tech as like the driver's license like certain yeah. things happen all the we're, pictures we're are going changing. through all yeah, the yeah. license yeah it's uh-huh. so fun uh this is where christine's butler is killed and there are a bunch of people that come and attack her as they are also trying to read her her last rites before killing her. Arnie and Pollock just come shooting in and save the day. They don't get any, like, bodies. Everybody lives and gets away. All he gets from this interaction is, like, the amulet from yeah. the guy trying to kill Christine. Also, you you said Arnold is the big detractor's movie, which I think, to a degree, he is. Uh, but I, I think the biggest detractment uh, detractor for this movie the biggest thing holding us back is the editing as exemplified by these action scenes because Probably. they are fucking nonsense they are so sporadic and like shot with like really rapid close-ups and you just notice i was trying to count the amount of cuts during this action scene in particular like there's a scene oh i'm sure priest... it's yeah it's insane there's a scene of the priest running down the stairs that took like 10 cuts for him to get to the bottom of the stairs like it is just is like the one that gets thrown constant. down the stairs, or is he? Like, I think maybe it's. I think maybe running. it's him. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it's him. You see him like come around the corner. He gets thrown down, and then like three cuts of different angles as he's going down the stairs. Like it is fucking right. ridiculous, and um, like it's dizzying almost. You know, <laughs> uh, but also I think that like the, the, the it applies to the pacing too. This thing's two hours and six minutes. Like it just keeps going. Uh, yeah, going, that is that going. is the thing. We we could you know get it down to ninety seven minutes. Yeah, get a we new watched actor. a two we watched a two and a half hour movie last week that didn't feel this long. <laughs> like you know, like the yeah, wailing to me. This doesn't set the atmosphere that the wailing no. had. Right, and yeah, I have I have too many notes left. So me they, too. He also steals a religious book. Finds out that the people that came to kill christine are priests that they're supposed to be the good guys trying to battle satan uh this is the same time where they the margulies calls udo kier and is like yeah we can't come udo's like tells <laughs> gabriel Byrne they can't come right now and just automatically punches him through the fucking head a waste it's of Udo great. here, honestly. I I, I, I like what it. he was doing up to this. I just I hate that they kill him at this point, and there's still like an yeah, hour and twenty still... minutes left of the movie. No, not there's probably like fifty minutes left at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah. That's still too much. That's fifty more minutes we could have gotten of Udo here. You know, this is when uh, Arnie or they have the bizarre apple hallucination where she cuts open an apple and it's uh, bugs larvae, and then it looks like an orgy. Something weird yeah. was happening. Like, skeletons, you know, like, reaching out. Uh, this is when Burn shows up and pisses gasoline or something. I suppose. And then it 
it leads to the van, and then he lights a cigarette and throws it down. Kevin it Pollock explodes. dies, yeah, Kevin gets Pollock blown dies. up. Uh, this is when uh, Artie starts fighting Mabel with that's super the thing. strength. Again, is that a parody moment of him pissing and lighting on a fire? Is supposed to be scary? See, you keep saying parody, and I understand. Like it is, it is, it is straddling the line. Yeah, but they are not pulling it off. If that's what they're no. really going for, it does not come across that way. Yeah, I mean, this is then it leads right into the the scene of Miriam Margulies being the shit out of Arnold. Yeah, what's well, funny? Like she, like, is she walks him in around and just smacks him, and he like goes all the way across the room, <laughs> and then they like like he's having to put in effort as they're fighting. This is uh, where, like, eventually... I think this is the Sam Raimi thing. I think they maybe they wrote the scene to try to entice Sam Raimi. Like, look, maybe we have an old woman beating a guy up. I mean, you've done that in your movies. Like, you know, it's like the <laughs> like the Deadeye in Army of Darkness in the supermarket or sure. something. Yeah. yeah. So the house is on fire as well. Arnie and, and Christine are running out. The man, well, like, oh, as we said, Mabel goes through the glass table. And then she's not dead, so the man comes and is like, you had one job to do, you couldn't even fucking do that. And then starts messing with the ni- or the glass shard in her neck. Mm-hmm. That's a fun moment as well. That's that like is cool. a little character. Uh, this is where we get the cops in the alleyway. With uh, They try to shoot Arnie, and he's like, oh, I'm coming out! And has his hands above his, yeah. his head, and he pulls out two guns and shoots them. That's a cool move. It made it made me think of Hot Fuzz. Speaking of Hot Fuzz again, yes. the pri- the priest has two guns in his sleeves it's, like that. Yeah, I, I even wrote it out like it's epic, but it's exactly why this movie failed. Like you do mm-hmm. not need that. Like this is that not is a, the movie. That is a total thing where Arlo comes in. It's like I think it'd be cool if I had two guns in my sleeves, and he kind of like yeah. I also was seeing all right, like, Arnold. There's, there's a lot of IMDb trivia about this movie. And something that said it to me that, like, I guess maybe it's just on the poster. I don't know if he uses it ever actually in the movie. I'm not really a gun a gun person, but like apparently, at least in the poster, he's holding a Glock 95 or something, uh, hmm. which is like a new gun that apparently was made to be quote unquote a good guy gun, which is kind of <laughs> troubling. Like, just yeah, this is a little market as the Ridiculous. good guy gun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, well, this is, so afterwards, he shoots the two cops. It's like CCH Pounder and the other one. I do like how Gabriel Byrne, like, comes and whispers to her. And he walks away, and she just slowly starts rising up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, he's he's got to have his army. I really totally. like that. They can even be dead. So this is where he... Uh, he should have the skateboard takes... kid, too. Oh, that would have been so good. Uh, Arnie takes Christine to well. What they should do it is like the 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 bad kid in Pet Cemetery Two. Yes, you know, where his oh, face man. is all all fucked up. Uh, he takes Christine to the church where they talk about her nightmares. I've been making love to him my whole life. They go to meet Kovacs in the basement lab. We learned out <laughs> that the mark of the beast is actually nine nine nine. That's fun. The entire calendar. The Tiger Gore oh my calendar God. This is was based in, on this event. This, this is the most insane thing. Is that the Gregorians figured out when the unholy hour was. Yeah, so the hour the before New Year's yeah. Eve. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they work backwards to then create the calendar. Yes. Fantastic. 
This is the most insane thing I've ever heard in Also, any movie. they say this happens every 1,000 years, so what ever. happened... There needs to be a prequel set 1,000 years before this in, uh, in 99. Uh, uh, let's, let's get Nicolas Cage. We'll do, like, the Season of the Witch movie. Doesn't that turn out to be the devil at the end, too? I haven't seen that, uh, but I hear there's I a kind of so. weird twist with it. Yeah, I think, I think so. so at the end, where it's like, hey. oh, yeah, it is a devil. Season of the Witch coming next September, I guess. Yeah. So, But uh, yeah, also, I want to see a prequel set in the year 99. Also reminds me, this has fantastic just 80-yard radio. I think it has to just been put in last second to like fill negative space, like negative audio space. Um. But there's a weird thing with the DJ. It's just like the year 1999 into 2000, <laughs> like the end of the first 2000 right. years. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, th- that's not the first 2000 years. There's a lot of there's that thing called pre, <laughs> you know, there's prehistory and shit, man. Like, I mean, it's, since Christ, I guess. <laughs> I guess know. we're living in a world where yeah, we're all that's all true according to this movie. So it's being very literal. But even then, there, I didn't it, like, pick a that is pretty something? funny though. I like yeah, that. I, I love that line. There's so much to talk about with fucking Rod Steger's pretty amazing monologue about all this stuff like he's just drawing yes. so much at you but he also i love when he's talking about the screaming woman this is where we see it being translated in real time and he's just like she's a polish peasant and i'm like wait you can still just talk about people that way like I, they're he's a fucking talking peasant. about you know there's faith <laughs> and like he picks up the bible and throws it at Arnie. he's like this book's full of it yeah um and then arnie has the great line about like if it's faith versus your uh, my your faith versus my nine millimeter Glock, I'll take the uh-huh. Glock. Exactly. So I see. There you go. The good guy's gun. Mm-hmm. You can you can threaten priests with it. Uh, so this is where Christine has to choose between like I can protect you with a gun, and he like pats his his pocket like I can protect yeah. you. Uh, she decides to stay with the priest. So Arnie goes back home, and this is where he's visited by the man. This is a good uh, scene. He, he, I, I, I think so too. I think Gabriel Burns' accent this is, Arnold's is a best little scene. rough. This is where I think is this where he starts to impersonate fucking uh, Willem Dafoe because like he Maybe sounds so much bit. like Willem Dafoe in this movie yeah. at times. Yeah, and it and particularly he sounds like the Green Goblin yelling at fucking uh, James Franco. Peter. Like yeah. that's exactly <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. It's just like you know your mother. She was a wolf or whatever he says about her. Yeah, <laughs> moment of wolves. Like I, oh man. I gotta rewatch Spider-Man. He has, Spider-Man. Uh, he has so Arabian many great lines in this. Like he's talking about uh, Robin Tudor. Oh. I treat her like a queen. Yes, this is a this is a fun scene. He's got this like slimy businessman energy, yes. which I like. You know, it's time for a change in management. Whatever he says, right? And he, Arnold, I, he, Arnold is going off at a certain point, and he gives the best line, which to me is yet uh, another iconic Arnold line. You're a fucking choir boy compared to me. Choir boy, yeah. It's so good. Uh, I like, yeah, Gabriel Burns, like, I don't do guilt. That's a, that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Also, it is really bad where he has, he has a line talking about the apocalypse and he goes, it'll be so cool. It'll be cool. Like, he's trying to <laughs> yeah. do it like a, it's like a, it's almost a Trump thing. Like, you know, we're going to have the best apocalypse type of shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's, he's being tempted by a vision of his wife and child still alive, uh, the daughter's in the bath saying, oh, I have the best daddy. It's just, it's so weird. But then there are the, I'm, I'm assuming this is how they really died. And it's like people j- coming into the apartment with shotguns. 
Yeah. And Artie's shooting at them, but missing. So I think he's really firing his gun at this point. Just, you know, wildly into the wall. Yes. No! He's just screaming, yeah. no! He, yeah. he takes a running jump and goes through one. Like, the whole hologram thing. And uh, that's when they start fighting him and the man. Arnie basically gets thrown out the window, and he's like, all yeah. right, all right, I'll 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 be your helper. And as he's, like, reaching his hand up, he <laughs> then throws Gabriel Byrne out the window. Great. Fucking ridiculous. I will say a couple things about that, that vision he has of his wife and child. Like, I love anytime they cast a kid in the movie. It's supposed to be Arnold's child. It is never believable. No. Um, like... I haven't even seen Commando, but I've seen, like, the woman that they cast as his daughter. And it's like, no, no way. Uh, and then Jake Lloyd and Jingle All the Way is the other one coming to mind. <laughs> like, it's like, eh, not oh, really. I don't know. It's just funny I that all of us, none of us. Jake Lloyd. Just picturing that as, like, a family unit. You know what I mean? Arnold with these people. Like, it does not track at all. Um, and then their names. It's like, Annie, Jimmy. Like, I think it's like, Yeah. <laughs> uh also anytime arnold is like leaping through the air in this he is like full like skydiving pose like he's arms uh, and legs outstretched like a you flying know. squirrel I, yes <laughs> exactly it's like fucking rocky <laughs> uh from rocky and bowwinkle not Sylvester of course of course rocky yeah yes, yeah yes. Uh, just to clear it up we have uh, Pollock comes back, <laughs> and I do like this point where he's he's not convinced that he's not a uh, a temptation, a hallucination. This so is then so he stupid. shoots him in the arm, and then full circle, he calls him a pussy. Yeah, don't be something a pussy. Yeah, <laughs> um, that is a nice payoff for that. Also, just one of the thugs that comes in to attack his family is uh, Sven Olthorsen, who is one of Arnold's old bodybuilding buddies okay that is in a shitload of arnold movies uh arnold loves to put his like weightlifting guy his, his weightlifting friends from back in the day in that's his movies. fun yeah um, i think i even saw franco colombo's name who was like his best friend for like 50 plus years mm-hmm. but sven olsen he's also in, uh sven thorson is also in conan the barbarian as one of the bad guys in that. okay so he usually is a villain so Arnie's deciding they just need to go pick up Christine. Uh, Pollock's like, yeah, just tell me where to, to pick you up. This is the point where also the bad priests come to the church and they're like going to kill Christine. They beat up Kovacs a little bit. Um, and as the, the cardinal has like the knife in the air and Arnie comes in, shoots the knife. And the <laughs> cardinal's still going to stab her with the broken knife and shoots him in the hand. And he says, I could do cool. this all day. We get a fucking like a lot. Captain America line. <laughs> uh, that's when the man shows up. And I do really like the shaky cam. Like, he, it's painful for him to be in a church. And so we get this weird effect of, like, every time yeah. while he's there. Uh, pretty fucking cool. He There's a young priest with a cross. He just yanks the cross from him and stabs him in the head. Loved it. Awesome. See... After the pretty fun scene with him in the apartment and all that shit, uh, this whole scene, shooting the the hand and the knife and the stabbing with the cross on the forehead, like you said, the shaky cam is a, is a neat thing. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, hey, I can stand the pain of being in church. Can you? Or, How I, much pain to... can you bear? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I love that stuff. 
And I was like, okay, great. This is this is a fun final act. This is going to kick up the final act, right? Oh, no. No. Oh, no. No, no, no. 35 minutes left at this point. <laughs> so uh, he starts, like, slaughtering all the priests. They're running away. Pollock double-crosses him. We have, like, uh, 50 people beating up Arnold. With and he's all bloody. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Then the man comes, like, you know, hits him a couple times. And Arnold says... <laughs> Let her go or I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As he's like on the ground bleeding. I just love it so much. Uh, there's something that's like, oh, I want you to watch. So they just crucify him and put him on the building. Yeah, of course, the second time he's been crucified in a movie uh, after Conan the Barbarian. Yep. He ends up sleeping the whole day. Like Kovacs brings him down. They're uh, stitching him up. That's when he goes to the office to get all the weapons. He gets, like, a giant machine gun and grenade launcher. He then tracks Pollock's car location. That's why we had all those scenes where he's a private security <sighs> Yeah, It doesn't make a lot of sense. You could really streamline this movie a lot. Absolutely. Uh, another great scene is he goes to that abandoned theater, and as he's going through, some fucking blind guy comes up oh, to him. Oh, yeah out of nowhere he has his eyes sewn shut and says like i can smell the anger and vengeance on you you may pass Mm -hmm. like oh that was that's right that's what that was a big part of their conversation too in his apartment was how much they're alike yes and i think this is continuing that yeah well nothing i like Uh uh-huh uh i do like that the the devil is drinking his booze of course it's a it's a fun scene that then ends yeah. with the worst action. Again, there's so <laughs> much about this movie that's I, that's I, really it nails it, but then all the rest of it's so so off yeah. base. Uh, so he interrupts the ceremony. He starts blowing people away with machine gun. Says he's gonna kill Christine. Has a gun to her head, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Don't worry." That's when the man makes Pollock come out. He's like, you know, shoot her. Shoot him. Uh, and then Paul, Paul's basically saying, like, you know, you'll agree to anything when you're on fire. Yeah. And then he has a change of heart. And then the man's like, all right, well, deal's over. And then Paul just automatically catches on fire. There, I think that it's weird. The most emotional, like, connection or story in this movie is the friendship between Arnold and Chicago. Like, it, it is weird how, like, the the, the dramatic moment of um i don't bobby want to shoot my friend out. yeah yes but it, like the the weight it gives him and he's like all right come here bobby and like he walks up and movie like stops it's like right they're not gonna be able and, to handle this betrayal yeah and this is another point where burns accents very weird it's like bobby yeah what? this is the what? this is the big this is a huge defoe part for me yeah, okay it's just yeah. like him yeah uh yes you're right it's so weird pollock makes it work i mean i i like pollock in this <laughs> he's good he's he's and again like i said i'm glad he got the paycheck like this is yeah what he is good at we just get more stupid action schlock they run into the subway thing they almost get hit by a train they're trying to get away from him um the the devil is like on the subway train and like bursting yeah. in at different points they're shooting at him i do like that the conductor's like just standing there and then all of a sudden <laughs> like a hand comes through his chest and grabbing just, his heart yeah, that's great and then taking of, yeah 
going back to the prophecy again, ripping hearts out. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love the moment of just like imagining the day of this conductor. Like you're <laughs> yeah. just everything's what normal. Suddenly, suddenly a massive Austrian man comes in. It's like no, don't stop. And you see a man on the tracks, and he's We're like, "Hit him, him do it!" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, again, just more like stupid things. They separate the cars, and Arnie has to jump to the other one. Uh, and it uh, takes him like three minutes to do it. Like he's yeah. he barely lands, and they have to pull him up. Like yeah. although, so Burn is going to, is trying to jump to their car, and then he shoots him with a grenade. It blows up the other car. There's some really good miniature work at this point. Yeah, like it looks really nice. So the effects were done by Stan by like Stan Winston Studios. Okay, so okay. it's well, like really high quality sense. people working on it. Yeah. I have a whole thing about. I'm sure you saw it too. The the about the the devil thing at the end. Yeah, well, we're gonna get yeah, to it we'll so quickly. They crash. Burns' body is mutilated beyond uh, like composure. He great has a great, a line about like yeah. I am forever. Yeah, he does look really cool with um like when his head kind of comes off. You can see his rib cage is all burned. Got it's guts hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they they get chased into the church. Uh, he tells Christine to hide. This is when we notice there's a big statue with a sword. I'm assuming that's Michael. Uh, he's uh, the yes. one usually with I the sword. So. Yeah. We have Arnie looking around. He then throws down his gun and starts praying to God. Uh, fire starts erupting. The crucifix, like the main one in the center of the church, like erupts on fire. That's really good imagery. Uh, earthquake starts happening. The ceiling collapses. There's a all the those stained glass windows smash. There's a big explosion in the center, and then the devil emerges in his final form. And it's CGI, and it looks like shit. Yeah, uh, they try it's not to, good. They try to like give it a hazy effect mm-hmm. to to make it almost okay, but it that just harms it though. Work. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't work well. That just makes things worse. Like this reminds me of um, the haunting, and it's like grasp sure. at like using CGI. We are not able to just like the producers, you know, or like test screen audiences. Like that, there's a lot of that shit in the trivia, and so it seems like with their decision to first make this massive, massive animatronic, it seems like with the guy or a suit actually, the guy in it okay. that was puppeteered by like nine people, just kind of weird you know producing notes that eventually it's like well we want it to be bigger and to fill up the screen and so we're gonna cgi all that shit out and just replace it with a cartoon it's, it's a neat design but yeah it's, design's it's cool so bad and it's it is that point of like trying to interact with live action it's yeah but if you it look looks at the, like layered that's that's yeah, the thing I, it looks like something's in the foreground background all that right I posted a picture to like for me just for myself to look at while we talk about it right here, and it's like it's such a cool design. Like it is it's really got it's, it's it's got like guts exposed and it's kind it's of like covered a in giant wings. wing thing. Yeah, very veiny wings. Yeah, um, almost like a predator face, kind of. Um, it's kind of interesting. But yeah, not without the like mandible. Yeah. mouth thing but yeah uh i do want to read like a bit of a quote from john rosengrant who performed inside of the suit he says it was probably the toughest suit he was ever in my arms were outstretched and my feet were locked together in ski boots on a little base and on a boom arm so that could be raised and lowered i looked as if i was being crucified 
So he's being fucking zipped around set like Emperor Palpatine and Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. In this massive Satan thing, basically in a crucifix position. I mean, it sounds thematically like relevant to the movie too. Right. I mean, just even like in a metal. It's all rubbery. It's probably really hot under the lights. Yeah. He was saying like he couldn't see anything. So there was a monitor inside of the suit he could look at so you could tell where the cameras were. For like help for his before his performance. Like it, yeah. it really sounds like they were trying to give him space to like do something Act. as an actor in the suit. Yeah. yeah. And they completely erased it essentially CGI. Like it's such a fucking bummer. Um that this is gonna feed in my final thoughts when we get there in a minute. Now, this is where I think we have the lowest point of the movie. The devil then flies into Arnie, yeah. and he is zipped around the church. Uh, so comical it's bad grunting sounds and it's it's i mean it's supposed to be scary yeah i guess and usually in a movie when arnold is doing his like kind of grunts and noises it's really fun and funny but it yeah it's it's not it just doesn't work here he's lost his his touch when it comes to his grunts so he uh then just gets like thrown against the wall awakens and starts calling to christine uh, says, oh, we did it, we won. They stand up, she starts walking towards the exit, and he grabs her arm. I think, again, as I've said, he is the biggest detriment. I do really like the smile, turn, evil reveal. I think just the look, that one look that he gives is really good. Mm-hmm. That is what Arnold, like, is the best part of this movie in. Uh, that's when, yeah, like, he starts, she's like, oh, fight it, Jericho, fight it, and tells her to run away, and then he goes and jumps on the giant sword <laughs> that, of the, the Michael statue that had fallen down. He does and a, he does like a, a, like a fucking body press another, rope on it. Yes. Another, yeah, uh, fucking yeah. flying squirrel. Uh, we get really <laughs> bad fire effect of it, like, coming out of him. Going to the end of the church, coming back to him as the this devil's is such a funny face, ending. Yeah, and then it gets like sucked into the the earth. I don't really know why. I guess the time was just up at that point, right? Because time window closed. Right. We're we're getting right there at the the balls okay. dropping in New York. Yeah. Uh, that we see his family is just standing there. It seems like Robin Tooney also sees the family. We find out he uh, it was absolved, the, the world saved, yada yada, the movie's over. We're going to contain a yawn as we just... Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're trying to get there. Uh, apparently, yeah. like, this was the alternate ending that they shot. The studio did not want Arnie to die. Uh, they shot it both ways, and I, I think it plays better this way. I think. I don't know, see, I, I don't know. I, I, think, the I think the happier ending would have helped because... It's just another just thing I have in this movie that like they talk about all the time. It's referenced several times how God does literally nothing, and Byrne has that really good line about how like he's just got the best PR because it's right. like oh a tragedy happens it was his will something or you know if something good happens it's his will a tragedy happens he works in mysterious ways. It feels like a George Carlin bit when he's saying that too, um, but like uh, they talk about how God does nothing, how he expects us to figure this out. The priests say that, like, oh yeah, they'll solve it on their own. It's all fake. If God had, if God had stepped in at the very end, and been like, 
for all this trouble, Arnold, you get your wounds healed and you get to not die. Like, that to me feels like the perfect little button I, well, on that I don't know. Thread. Like, he gets to be with his family at the end. He but gets God what he didn't. Wants. I mean, I guess God is doing that by God establishing God is absolving heaven. him. Well, they talk about, like, right. that's what Kevin Pollock is saying. I guess that's the greatest reward you, of all. You think when you die, you're gonna go to heaven and see right, your family right. after all the shit you've done? Again, you're like, you're a fucking choir boy. Yeah. A choir that's boy. The point of this, that's the point of the suicide, too, right? Is to be with your yeah. family again or whatever. That he is, like, he um, is... Yeah. So I get that. I understand that. I just think that, like, you, you talk about how God is doing nothing. I guess he's, yes, he is absolving him, but I think more direct interference from God or, like, a bigger statement from God would be appreciated. Mm-hmm. Well, do you I want it to be, like, this movie, The Stand, where God yeah, literally kind just of. comes down with a hand and, like, I, oh. like pushes Satan into the ground? Like, would that just be pushes the, pushes the detonate button. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I love, uh, I unironically love the end of the stand. I think, um, at least that climactic moment. I think that's, people sure. complain about it, but I, I actually really dig it. Um, but yeah, I wanted something like that for sure. Just like, okay. but also this movie maybe intentionally does not have the best view of religion and the God. And maybe that's yeah. another part of it. That yeah. even in that, even at that stage, God's like, Hey, thanks for doing that, man. And I get to come hang out. Not like, here's a, I guess it's a reward, but it's not it like, it is. Yeah, you get to see I don't your know. Family. Anyway, <laughs> well, let's let's roll this into final thoughts. Uh, what should we rate this out of? Uh, oh, I mean, is it not going to be like Arnold's patented breath breakfast? Shake? I, I I was thinking like a wake up, but what do you call shake? that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a wake up shake. I think that's a good one. Sure. Okay. All right. We'll go into that. Uh, as I kept saying, it's it, Arnold is the biggest deterrent of this movie being quality uh he has certain moments and i think they're trying to play up like his movie star persona and that is one of the problems of the movie it had it been a little bit more simpler had it been a little bit more nuanced perhaps like it could be a top tier movie i really do enjoy the ending of of our heroes having to sacrifice himself, uh, and not, not, not getting to to live. Um, I think it's better for Robin Tooney's character to like to have that at the end. Like she literally has no one anymore. Mm-hmm. She's not the best actress. Again, had we maybe gotten someone else, this could have been better. Like there are a lot of good pieces here. The directing and editing are not the strongest parts. Uh, cinematography, not horrible. I think this movie looks good at times. Uh, again, as we've saying, the editing of it, though, is is probably one of the bigger, bigger like, technical parts of it. I still have a really good time, though. I like the idea. I like the story of of we've got a certain amount of time the devil's gonna come Mm -hmm. we have to stop it i'm gonna have to go 2.7 wake up shakes i think a lot of it's just arnold's performance uh the writing's not great but it's it's serviceable a better editor a better director i you know tom cruise i don't think would be a good fit either i think maybe no what about Bill Pullman? What if Bill Pullman 
was playing an, a, a drunk ex-cop. <laughs> That'd be cool. I'd like I'd like that. I, I think that maybe one. that would have been a he, better. He also better role. vaguely fits as a counterpoint to Gabriel Byrne too. Yes, not that they're like two similar guys, but they're closer than like Arnold and and especially Byrne. if the devil is going to be like, hey, me and you aren't so that. Different, I just realized like, Burn is Burn is Irish too, right? There's just a weird European so. flavor to this movie in general. Um, yeah, okay. Eagle-eared listeners will clock that that is a higher score than The Devil Rides Out, which is just blowing my mind right now. And yeah. Murphy's just implicitly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had more fun with this. I watched this one twice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did watch Devil Rides Out twice. I guess it oh. just—that's just a a sign of who we are and our and our tastes and how they when they where where they delineate. I suppose. <laughs> truly, this movie, like I said it earlier, truly this movie is an end of days. Um, released literally right. What a great title for a movie in 1999. First of all, November 99. Yeah. Yes. Uh, really in the pocket there. Absolutely. Uh, in a zeitgeist. Um. The fact that they talk about Y2K on the radio. The fact that, like, this is a big budget studio action horror movie that I feel like would never get made today. No studio is going to put money into this unless it's based on a comic. Like, R.A.P.D., right? That's the closest thing I can imagine. Or Hellboy. Hellboy. Both comic comic book movies. But those are the only things that come close to what this is now. Um, (sighs) Drag me to hell? Not really. That's a like little a, bit, like but, even, but even beast. that's even that's mid two thousand. That's close to this right. in a way. Um, but you're right. That is another one too. Where that's the kind of tone this movie I think needed sustained throughout is that kind of heightened ridiculousness. I see totally why they went to Sam Raimi for this. Yeah. Um, but it's it's also just like a movie that, in terms of like what it is trying to be horror wise, like horror movies of the nineties. I'm realizing there's a lot of monsters, creatures, and existential threats. And I think it has something to do with, like, just 90s America, where it's like, hey, we're on top of the world. The only thing that could take us down is the devil himself. No you one know, can touch like, us. Yeah, yeah, no, we're untouchable. Exactly, we're untouchable. And then the 2000s is like, oh, there's horror, home and abroad. You know what I mean? Like, it's all Rob Zombie's double <laughs> right. reject sh- shit. I mean, the guy that was supposed to direct this then remade Texas Chainsaw, which is about, like, you know what I mean? Like domestic psychopaths and the horror within America and all that shit. So it is really is like a sign of the times, this movie. And I, I think it's very fascinating to watch in that way. Like I was just thinking about it like as like a commercial product of the 90s a lot. As an actual movie, I really did not enjoy it, honestly. And it's sad to say that because like this could be something interesting or fun like Arnold's earlier action output. Um, there is something funny to him playing these types of weird characters like this, um, and how seriously he usually takes takes it. You know, I don't know. I I feel like uh, I'm stealing this from a great letterbox review I read once about Arnold's career. I think it was about Last Action Hero, but I think it applies to this too. But he was really interested. He's an interesting auteur actor. Like, it's part of what the problem with this movie is that he brings his elements into the script and into the story. And exactly. suddenly you have these moments like... You I, need I, the I helicopter the, scene. Yes, the helicopter scene, the grenade launcher loading up montage, 
like the lines that you're a choir boy compared to me. But that scene in particular is what I'm getting at. So Last Action Hero is all about Arnold like grappling with his like career, right? And his image as a movie star. That's entirely what that is about. And it's about like there's another version of you you don't know about that is like hidden in your subconscious or in your past, whatever. That's what Total Recall is about, right? There's another version of you. The Predator is kind of about that and that he's this like killing machine that is having to reckon with like you know what I mean? Like feeling right. what's done to him uh, by the like this oh, that's what the I am dark compared mirror. to these people right. I'm killing. Right, the dark mirror. This movie is trying to do that with that Satan scene, where it's Arnold interrogating, like, who am I as a person? Am I accidentally a follower of Satan that I not know I was this person, you know? That is so really at odds with the rest of this movie, though. Like, bring it up. That stuff he, like that, he yeah. saves Satan in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like, Thomas Aquinas is trying to assassinate the devil. For, for money. They establish, like, yeah. It right, wouldn't have exactly. worked. The guy gets shot multiple times. We did... Forget mm-hmm. the one point where, uh, in the apartment after the tempting, he, like, picks up Arnold, and Arnold shoots him, and he says, Yes. Don't fuck with the coat. Yes. I actually, I like the CG of his body healing there, too. I actually yeah. thought that was pretty well done. Um, but, uh, so, it's just, it's just, it's just a mess, though, and it could have those interesting Arnold elements. It could be a fun 90s action thriller with money behind it, and like, hey, look, that helicopter scene looks awesome. It's silly as shit, but the fact that they had the money to, like, fly a helicopter around New York like that and, like, have Arnold dangling from it. Or I guess Arnold Stuntman, probably, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, but the fact that it, they could do that, they had the money to do this. Well, hold on. You're saying that cool wasn't when... Arnold Schwarzenegger and doing all <laughs> his own stunts? It, it looks so cool when you have the guy jumping off the building and, the guy, and Arnold catching him in mm. midair from the helicopter. Like, that's a cool... Just big budget '90s action Hollywood cinema stunt, um, and guys like Peter Hyams who are just these like fucking honed in craftsmen like this, they don't exist anymore. Unfortunately, this is not his best crafted movie. It's it's edited like shit, um, and it's paced super poorly. So my score with all that interesting stuff said is like two point two. Like this is okay. a low one for me. I just I really could not get into it. And, you know, Greg, we're uh, not so it, different, you and I. Only 0. 0.5. <laughs> that 0. 0.5 Difference. goes far, though. For yeah. when you're in that, when you're in the two range, that 0. 0.5 goes far. Like 2.7 is like this is watchable when I could put it on again. This yeah, 2. I 2. 2 is I don't know if I ever need to see End of Days again. You know, maybe just um, that last shot. Like I just need that gif of Arnold evilly smiling. Yeah, like that's all. I maybe need just to keep some. Watching. Maybe just some weird off moments of like. Or just like some bits of Rod Steiger's Steiger's speeches, his, yeah. yeah, his monologues, yeah. Well, that's going to end September. Although we do have one more thing we need to do real quick, Greg. We have the Massies. We have the to talk about Satanic Massies. Yes. yes, we have to talk I about all the wait. movies. Uh, we have covered this month. The Devil Rides Out, also known as The Devil's Bride. The Prophecy, The Wailing, and End of Days. The only one that does not start with the. Yeah, that's true. I, fu- I fucked I- up. <laughs> uh, wait, it, it could have easily been The End of Days, too. The End of Days. Yeah, it could have. It's a little wordy. Just End of Days is better. Yeah. Uh, but we uh, did not discuss. I guess we need to come up with a seasonal award. I'm just gonna say, you know, who, which devil 
Best which Satan. devil's hell would you like to be in? True. Okay. Yeah. Right. Which devil's hell? I like that. Yeah. And we're going to start, as we always do, with the Claude Daigle Memorial Penmanship Award Scholarship Fund Foundation, also known as the Best Kill. I mm-hmm. automatically, there's only one that's going to pop into my mind. Udo Kier getting his fucking head punched through <laughs> by Gabriel Byrne in End of Days. It's so fantastic. It It's, it's like automatic. You like is angry mm-hmm. turns around, bam. Yes, pretty good. Um, boy, yeah, this is a tough one, but I think I'm gonna have to say the wailing. Uh, I think if you count the zombie kill where it gets the fucking rake through its head, and I know it's it so definitely intense. dies once it gets pulled out, but that is a fucking yeah. awesome effect, and it's really grody and and, and intense. Yeah, so um. I think I want to say, yeah, I think I want to say the Wailing, the Rake Zombie. Nice, nice. Uh, so, best effect. It's a tough one. Hmm. Yeah. Interestingly, um. if, I'm going to think about this. I think I, I want to think about this in a kill sense. I mean, effect is pretty general, and it can apply not just to special effects, but visual, you know, just visual right. effects in general, and the effect that certain elements of the movie can have on you, right? I think Kill has sometimes chosen things like that. Um, and in that case, I think I don't have to say the wailing yet again, with the editing and the effect it has okay. between those two exorcisms going on at the same time. That's, that's Just, I think that is a, I think that would count scene. as a special effect. Yeah. It's using cinematic language in a really fucking interesting, cool way and to really overwhelm you with the sound design and like just the chaos of those scenes. Um, and I think, I think it's, just, I think it's a, I think it's a special effect and I think it's the best effect we've seen all September. I'm, I'm going to go end of days again. I think Gabriel wow. Burns, like, um kind of de- you know the dead body like the, with his his skull like being exposed the rib cage like after oh, yeah, he gets blown cool. up i thought that looked just amazing like when he's giving that speech i am forever and then he just dies absolutely like it's so <laughs> fun uh yeah like, that's a good call and i think that is the that is a great part where they, they're where they're really using the stain winston um mm-hmm. involvement there for a fucking once in that movie at that point like yeah that looks good i like that pick too okay we're gonna move on to best performance um this is a tough one i have an idea who you're choosing i think you're gonna go with mr lee from the devil rides out uh, or makata that was gonna i was gonna say makata yes yeah oh shit i should have looked up his name yet again that speech he has in the middle of the movie about to that woman true what really what really what black magic is and like just how its uses are you know what determine what people call it evil or good or you know that kind of thing and the way it shifts and from like oh you know i'm just gonna educate you to like sinister Mm -hmm. as he keeps talking more and more and you realize it's hypnotism in the middle of it and it's so believable as this like weird dream-like state that he that you enter listening to him as he goes on and on about it it's fucking great uh charles gray is the actor's Charles name. gray uh yes i really like him 
And I think he is my pick. I think he just barely edges out the devil or the Japanese man in the whaling. Mm. Um, but I, I want to give some love to the devil rides out. I don't know if it's going to win other <laughs> awards. I think um, that's probably the best one it, it could get is performance. Yes. I'm actually Charles Gray's go... fucking it. He's amazing. I'm going to go with the cop from the whaling. Like our main nice. character. I thought yeah. he did such a fantastic job, especially the scene at towards the end where it's uh, him and the, the woman in white or whatever. And he's, he's just so beat beside himself with like, I need answers. Why aren't yeah. you telling me like what I'm begging I need to know. for just some idea of what the fuck is happening in his life. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, Kwok Do Wan is his name. And the Japanese yeah, he, man is uh, Jun Kunimura. He, he has so many great little scenes throughout, especially the one where uh, after he has sex with his housekeeper or whatever, and then the daughter mm-hmm. catches him, and then he's trying to ask her, like, what did you see after he tries to bribe her with all those toys and everything? Yes. Um, yeah, shouting her out, too. We both we both praised her a lot in that episode. That, Hyo Jin. I, you know, uh, is the I character, but uh, Yeah, Kwon Hee Kim. She did such a fantastic job as well. Yeah. Love the wavelength. I've been thinking yeah. about that a lot too. All right. Uh, so best massacre, and again, I'm gonna have to go with the wailing. Just all those fucking murders in that yeah. whole town. Oh yeah, it runs away with that. Are you kidding me? There's no <laughs> no other movie this month has an option. The has only other option I think deaths, actually maybe yeah. would be would be end of days with the priest massacre in the in the in the church. But you only yeah. see the one kill of that, right? That's fun. Or no, I think you see him like kill a couple of them, but like that's I think some but, more, that but that one where you like he grabs the crucifix and just like yeah. shoves it in his head. But like it's so good. The end of, end but like uh the wailing is about like the emotional impact that these that these like things are having too. You know what I mean? Like on the small town and, the, and that it's yeah people that that knew their victims, like their family yes. that's doing family it. members and things like that, right. And the the fact that you see the perpetrators afterwards and what they are like, yeah, just completely empty vessels afterwards, like just that in either in disbelief and horror what they did or just like catatonic, you know what I mean, or something else. Yeah, yeah like it's 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 truly amazing. So best massacre by far, yeah, the whaling. Congratulations. At this point, the whaling is dropping all this fucking masses we're hitting. It's, it's got quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we're just going to finish it with the seasonal. Which hell would you prefer to be in? Okay. This is going to be a fun discussion. I I think we've got to talk this out a little bit for each one. I think, I think, well, Devil's right out. Like, you don't really we get the goat man. personality of, of the devil. Right. He's just there and gone. Uh, well, Vigo's okay, so here's the thing. A little edge I, I think. I think a little edge lord. Yeah, let's get right. Let's finish. Rank. Let's finish. Uh, the wailing. We're not even sure if it is the devil. I think that is right. The strength of the movie is that it's a debatable thing. Yes. Uh, and then Gabriel Byrne is so fucking suave as suave, the man, slimy, duplicitous. Remember, he yeah. doesn't do guilt. Me, I don't do. Doesn't guilt. do guilt. Hey, okay. I was gonna say. I think that is something. That applies. That's a great summation of what uh, Satan is in a lot of these things. He does not do guilt. And you even said it for uh, The Devil Rides Out. He's very passive, right? Yep. But I think that's the appeal of Satan. But all your bad things you want to do, he's not going to judge you for them. And I think that is why people love Satan. I think that is depicted really well in The Devil Rides Out where 
crazy it's supposed to be an orgy but crazy dance party going on and, the, and everyone's drinking pouring goat blood on each other and this goat man is just hanging out being like this is fine i am an cool. all-powerful being and i fully endorse this and i think that would make his hell kind of like yeah you're getting uh, yeah, tortured maybe and he's but he's not like taunting you he's not like you know hey doesn't this hurt i'm gonna turn the heat up a little bit he's just sitting around being like that's that's what happens this is the price you pay for doing all the shit. You know what I mean? He's not like not judging or guilting you. And I think that is interesting. Gabriel Byrne, he says he doesn't do guilt, but he would be like coming in and fucking he'd be the guy poking your ass with the with the pitchfork. Oh, yeah, That's totally. the type of Lucifer he is. But it's like it's like those assholes that you know that like, God, I fucking can't stand this guy. But after like three beers, like we have a lot of laughs together. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I Yeah, it's it's a difficult and It makes sense. I, I I think with all of these, especially, is, you know, one reason that people like Satan is he's not asking a lot from you. Like, yeah. he's not requiring you to do all this bullshit that God wants well, you to do. He's like... I don't know. I guess in the devil rights, he's asking to, like, slay chickens and, like... You want it? You well, know, I mean, that's your own sacrifice, like, Sacrifice virgins and things right. like that. <laughs> it's fine. If, if you want to do that, you don't have to. But yeah. But that's... Um, talking about it. Vigo. Vigo would be, like... He'd be quoting poetry at you and just like slam poetry at you. Yes. He's laying He'd be you the most out, irritating. Laying your mouth, you're filling your mouth with your mother's feces. <laughs> Ugh, come it's on. Horrible. That's trying too hard. And that is guilting. That is guilting there. Yeah. Getting my mother involved. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go Gabriel Byrne, though. I just Gabriel I Byrne, like his yeah. his his uh suaveness of it. If the Japanese man ruled a hell, I that one would be pretty intense. That would be like it wouldn't be like the Edgelord stuff from uh, Vigo. It would be truly like mentally, psychologically fucked up yeah. stuff going on there. That would be the worst one to be in, I feel like. His whole thing of like, oh, you think I'm going to let you leave? Yes, exactly. Very There's that, but just the, the, the horrible things that he make that his very presence causes people yes. to do it seems like yes. like that just seems like it would be the worst one i'm going devil rides out i just feel like it would be like a party a party no i don't know if it would be a party so like, if we're talking about being in hell the party is while you're on earth you party on earth but the price you pay is you go gotcha. to hell right gotcha i think his hell it would be bad but he's a goat man i don't know he seems kind of like he's not going to get in your face about it and he's just going to sit back and be like you're going to be there he's going to be a chill presence you know not as judgy <laughs> yeah i get you exactly yeah i get you well we did it again that's a september come and gone hopefully next year we'll see him again yeah uh who knows we'll see <laughs> greg do you want to let us know what the next month's theme is and what movie we're gonna watch next week yeah i do want to say i'm going to reiterate from last week uh first of all that the great podcast five day rentals uh, did an episode on the end of day, so I've not, I did not listen to it yet because I didn't want it to to color my perception of it before doing this. But please check that out if you enjoyed this and want more talk about end of days, which I had a blast discussing uh, as much as I didn't like it. Um, and those are three very funny guys, and I'm sure that their episode on it is hilarious. So just listen to that. I just uh, wanted to assuage myself from any kind of, uh, you know feelings of <laughs> i'm glad we both did it recently this is a fun way to talk about and it's gonna be great to get different perspectives um but uh all that aside uh yeah next week we are gonna be taking on 
a special theme for the month of October. Uh, we're trying to we're uh, October is the monsters month. You know, it's monster history month. If you have mm. <laughs> wow, yeah, all these other history months. October is monster history month. I'm declaring it here and now. I'm a Native it. American man, first of all. I will say <laughs> just to get that out of the way. <laughs> uh. It's Monster History Month next month. Um, that's not the theme. The theme's name is Monster Mashup. So we just want to get as many want movies that have multiple types of monsters. Maybe they'll have a creature from the Black Lagoon and a ghost. I don't know. They'll have all sorts of different things put together. Not just one type of monster, but many monsters. Multiple. At least more Ho- than one. Hopefully pitting them against each other. Yes. Or seeing them interact in fun, cool ways. Yeah. Um, maybe teaming up to fight. Mm-hmm. something else yes uh so the first movie you can't get any more classic in terms of monster mashups than this it is the original monster mashup we're gonna be talking frankenstein meets the wolfman from uh 1940 something or other i'll have yeah. more concrete details next week yeah but yes um can't wait to discuss this movie can't wait to discuss universal horror we haven't done that yet on the podcast yeah. we have a lot to dig into then I think they're typically too classy for us, is what we're finding out, based on a lot of shit we watch. Uh, no, that's, the, that's a bad thing to say. I like a lot of movies. I love a lot of movies we watch. Um, but it feels like they're a little too... They, they're, you know, I don't think we've done anything quite this uh, prestigious before. Right. Yeah. Prestigious. There you go. Well, thank you all for listening. You can always get us email, weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail.com. We have both Twitter and Instagram at Weekly Massacre. Hit us up. Let us know if uh, you've been imprisoned for a thousand years, if you have done some sort of religious ceremony with a snake and blood and a baby, if um, you have a best friend named Robert Chicago that is quippy and uh, just the comical relief. Let us know. If you're having, if you're having wet dreams about Gabriel Byrne every night, that's, well, you know, describe I, those in detail. You didn't have to announce that. I told you that in <laughs> private, Greg. Uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, please write in though. If you have it out there, some, we have somebody here. I won't say who who can relate to it. <laughs> but oh, I just want to say uh, the person who does the music for Weekly Podcast Massacre, Dora the Destroyer, yes. they are putting out a new album. It should be out right now. You should all Ooh. go listen. The first, yeah. I believe, the first track. Uh, you might recognize a little riff that we inspired. So, yeah, nice. go and check that out. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and as always, I'm a fucking choir boy compared to you. A fucking <laughs> choir boy. A fucking choir boy. A fucking Hail choir Satan. boy. Hail Satan. Hail ah. Satan.